You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. My name is Jacques Daniel here at the Diocese of Rapid City, joined with Father Brian Christensen and Sister Sarah Kowal. We're here downtown Rapid City at the Chancery, beautiful Chancery offices. We're, uh, we've had an interesting morning, amazing uh, books to read, amazing guests, and, uh, and we're not stopping. We have another guest here, uh, Mr. Charlie. Charlie, I'm going to say your name wrong. Patrizzo. Patrizzo. Good, it's a good Irishman, Patrizzo. <laughs> <laughs> Who's joining us with uh, Project to Heal. Project to Heal. Charlie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, born and raised in Staten Island, New York. Uh, one of three boys. Uh, wonderful, wonderful mother and father and family life. Um, we all love sports. My dad, uh, professional engineer, but uh, always, always loved sports. Played in high school. He was very good, uh, especially a brain for sports, like managing and coaching and stuff like that. So we all grew up loving sports. Unfortunately, when I was just at my fifth birthday, uh, I was at my godmother's house playing wiffle ball with my two uh, cousins, in quotes, and uh, she was sitting on the stoop, and the ball was hit over my head, and I ran into the street, and I was struck by a car and had massive brain trauma. Uh, they did not think I was going to live. I re- received the uh, sacrament of extreme unction at the time. It was called, I think it might still be. Um, and uh, I was paralyzed on the left side of my body, uh, and for about a year, uh, my mother had to do exercises with me, and eventually, it probably took about two, two and a half years for me to learn to really do everything, but again, on my left side, and I was left-hand dominant, so I started doing everything righty, and my dad always tells me that, you know, my brother, my older brother, was an all-star, played college football, and Dad always told me, you were doing things with a baseball at just five years old that some seven, eight, nine, and ten-year-olds couldn't do. I don't know if that was his way of telling me how good I was, because <laughs> I was never really good again, but I loved playing. Uh, so, you know, I was always an animal lover. Um, couldn't have a dog because my dad had allergies. And then... Um, at 16 years old, uh, I was uh, uh, working uh, a summer job. Um, I, I joined the football team and uh, didn't play much because I, I wasn't that good, but I liked the camaraderie and, and, and you know, uh, having a goal. But that summer when I was working, uh, we were uh, told to paint the house and we were given an aluminum ladder. Now, in New York City, the houses are right on top of each other, and they're very close to the street. And we had to, me and the other young man who were with me, he, I was 16, he was 17. Typically, you would put the ladder against the house and jack it up. But there was a porch that extended out, and we couldn't get the ladder over the porch. So we laid it out on the ground and got it as high as we needed to, and then began walking it up step by step. Well, when we turned to get it into the house, the boot on the bottom broke and 
there was about three feet in front of the house and then a patch of grass with poles, telephone poles, and what we thought were telephone wires, but they weren't. And the ladder hit those wires and 36,000 volts rushed through my body and I was critically burned. Uh, again, uh, it was questionable whether I'd live. Uh, got to the burn center. The doctor told my parents this is going to be touch and go for a couple of days. He's burnt over 70% of his body. And he's got one burn that's so bad, it's up to his stomach lining. And we've removed every muscle in his body on the left side from his hip up until under his rib cage and just up to the stomach. So, you know, it's going to be tough for him to make it. Well, by the grace of God, I made it and I'm here. And uh, during that second accident, uh, when you're 16 and vanity is everything and you're burnt from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet, I'm blessed that I didn't burn my face. Uh, you become very self-conscious, and I wouldn't leave and go anywhere. I was too embarrassed. But I had a dog. We had gotten a dog, oh, two, three years earlier, and uh, he was my emotional savior. And uh, I taught him, you know, I'd stay in the house and teach him tricks, and he was always with me. And he healed me emotionally. And that's what led to uh, that and other things led to Project to Heal. Wow. You're a miracle man, Charlie. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, you know, when Project, before we started, you know, I, I, I went on, I, I, had a, I got a wonderful job, uh, moved my family down to North Carolina. Um, and when we moved down here, uh, I was in the job for two years. I was doing great. The organization was doing great. And uh, my my wife's father got lung cancer. And he was diagnosed at the end of June. And he died at the beginning of August. And my mother was struggling with chronic lymphocytic leukemia. And she was getting worse and worse. And I started... Uh, I, I went into a downward spiral really bad, depression and anxiety, because I had moved my family away for this job. My wife couldn't be with her father because of me, and I couldn't be with my mother because of the decision I made. And that really, really uh, that was a bad period in my life, and, uh, you know, I ended up leaving the job um, and trying to figure out, all right, what's next and you know the first question i so so I, I was told to read this book by a man named dr norman vincent peel now i have to tell you up until you know my wife is a rock of faith but as a kid i was a cne catholic you know the triple concupiscence you know pleasure possessions you know i suffered from that uh I, you know even with my job uh it was all about pleasure and possessions and, and, you know, later, you know, passion, you know, the same thing that Christ went through. And, uh, you know, it came to a point in my depression where I needed to find an answer. And so I started asking myself questions. This book told me that I should try to find Bible verses, positive Bible verses, and memorize them. And I did. And my favorite one became... I can do all things through him who strengthens me, Philippians 4.13. But there were other ones, of course. And what happened was uh, I started asking myself, 
or God, why did you let me live? You know, why did you let me live twice from these mm-hmm. terrible accidents where doctors said I shouldn't have made it? And, and that question started leading me to other questions. And what it did was it led me to uh, exploring, exploring faith. And, and so I started uh, uh, really digging into my Catholic faith. And before you knew it, I was getting up every morning. I was going to do liturgy of the hours every single morning. Then I would attend, I would go to Mass every morning. And then after Mass, I would do a Holy Rosary with the people at the Mass. So, and I did this for seven days straight for five years without missing a Mass. And uh, during that time, um, I had, you know, my wife and I kind of asked, I asked myself, what am I going to do now? And, you know, God put this thing in front of me, this, this, this thing on, on, on the Internet, an article, which said that, you know, most service dog organizations do not have a breeding program. And because of that, they have to use dogs from shelter. But there was a longitudinal study done that said that one out of 12 dogs from shelters are, are able to successfully complete service dog training. That's 8%, mm-hmm. which means for the organizations that don't have breeding programs, 92% fail. And so I asked God, I said, Lord, I love dogs. And the best dog for service dog training is the dog I love the most, a Labrador Retriever. Is that a gift you've given me? Can that be a gift? And so... My wife and I did some further research, and we came to the conclusion that this was a gift that God had given me. My wife loved dogs, too. And so we went out and started the first organization that does nothing but breed the top Labrador pedigrees in the world, and then we put them through a 12-week process, which is during their critical or sensitive phase, the most important part of a puppy's life, and then we donate these puppies to service dog organizations that either don't have a breeding program or they, uh, they have a breeding program, but it's not providing them enough puppies. And so our puppies, with the largest organization we serve, have a 90% success rate. Every time a dog fails, it costs an organization five to $10,000 not to mention how long it takes for uh, the veteran or child with special needs to get a service dog. And therein lies the problem. Okay? As Catholics, we believe in the sanctity of human life from conception to death. Uh, just this weekend, I was out praying at the abortion clinic. Our pastor brings us out there once a month. We go down with a bus or two, and we pray in front of the abortion clinic because... Uh, we understand that life in the womb is sacred. Uh, and, and Father takes us there, and, uh, you know, we pray for these women that they'll change their minds. Um, but also, you know, um, the other thing I'd like to talk about is, is our veterans. Okay, uh, the most recent study on veteran suicide, veterans with PTSD, veterans with traumatic brain injury is that the American Warrior Partnership just did a study in eight states 
and if you extrapolate the results to all 50, the actual suicide rate, the actual suicide rate among our veterans today is over 40 a day, not the 22 you hear. Now, uh, I know we're probably going to a break now, but I want to share with you what the research has found about service dogs who are given to veterans in need. So, uh, yeah, great. Charlie, thank you. We are uh, we're going to head into a break. Uh, we're going to hear more about your amazing story and about this amazing organization, Project to Heal, when we come back from the break. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Conversion and Obedience. Faith requires conversion, and that conversion is an act of obedience toward a reality which precedes me and which does not originate from me. For Christians, this prior reality is not an it, but a he, or even better, a you. It is Christ, the Word made flesh. He is the new beginning of our thought. He is the new eye which bursts open the limits of subjectivity and the boundaries dividing subject from object, thus enabling me to say, it is no longer I who live. Conversion does not lead into a private relationship with Jesus, which in reality would be another form of mere monologue. This is the sole guarantee that the obedience which we owe to the truth is concrete. Only the concrete God can be something other than a new projection of one's own self. Following in Christ's footsteps is the only way of losing oneself which attains the desired goal. The one who became flesh has remained flesh. He is concrete. Obedience to the church is the concreteness of our obedience. The church is that new and greater subject in which past and present, subject and object come into contact. The church is our contemporaneity with Christ. There is no other. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. I'm Jacques Daniel. I'm Father Brian Christensen. And I'm Sister Sarah Kowal. And we are downtown Rapid City, Diocese of Rapid City on Main Street. Across from? Armadillos. <laughs> armadillos. <laughs> I kind of got armadillos on my mind. I think they'll open up here soon. I don't know. It's not a good way to start your Maybe day. Maybe we should go there after the yeah, program. We, we, should, we should hit the mustard seed, get a few books, and then uh, yeah, get some ice cream. Seed. I hope mustard seed has these books in stock or soon <laughs> have them on order because our listeners want some books. <laughs> Before the break, we were chatting with uh, 
Charlie Petrizo from uh, North Carolina, Charlotte community, talking about his uh, organization project to heal, which uh, is a, sounds like an amazing organization that helps uh, provide service dogs, not only service dogs, but quality service dogs uh, to veterans. So welcome back, Charlie. Thank you. You were just uh, in the in the break. You were chatting a little bit about um, some of the stats on. Uh, time it takes for veterans to to get a dog, and maybe you could tell us more about kind of what are the challenges in this sure. in this uh, field. Sure. So right now, last year, the largest provider of service dogs to veterans in the country, one of our partners that we donate puppies to, had a four-year wait for a service dog for a veteran. Now, people can get a liver transplant or a heart transplant shorter than that. And, yeah, and you can get a moment faster than that. They're true. And, and here's the challenge with that. Uh, recent research done by the American Warrior Partnership, the study was conducted in eight U.S. states, and that study found, and it was done twice, it was repeated, found that in those eight states, the veteran suicide rate is over 40 a day. 40 a day. Now, in and of itself, that means nothing. To us as Catholics, it should mean a lot, Okay. We need to focus on sanctity of life in all areas. And this is an epidemic. Now, the good, you know, here's the bad news is that it takes four years for these men to get a dog because there's not enough quality dogs out there. But the second thing is that organizations are struggling to find puppy raisers. And that is the core of the process. It is the period when the puppy gets about 16 weeks to about 13 months old where it is with a volunteer puppy raiser, and they're having trouble finding people to do this. Now, that's the bad news. Here's the good news. The good news is that Purdue University Veterinary College, the leading organization on the human canine bond, did their first research in 2018 where they took 35 veterans and partnered a service dog with them, and then they took 35 veterans that did not have a service dog. What they found in their studies was that the veteran with the service dog had a reduction in the four major symptoms that lead to suicide. They are hypervigilant, night tremors, outbursts of anger, and waking cortisol levels. So these dogs, if we can get them to our veterans in time, are saving lives. So Project to Heal is now not only breeding and donating puppies, we are now keeping our own puppies and training them up to a year for organizations that are struggling finding puppy raisers. So now we give a dog to an organization at a year old, that dog is 100% guaranteed to make it as a service dog, and the only thing he needs left is what we call test training. He's already proven he can work in public, He's already proven he's got the calm to work in public. He's already proven he's got the smarts to do what's called, you know, uh, called for him to do. So he only has to learn things like uh, how to pick up drop things or turn lights on and off or open doors if the veteran needs that or how to jump up on pressure points. So uh, Project The Heal is now doing that to try to save some of these veterans. I can tell you story after story, but one of the stories, two of the stories I'll share real quickly. One veteran came up to me after he found out that the dog he had was 
born and raised by us at Project to Heal and finished by one of our partner organizations. And when he heard, the executive director introduced my wife and I at the meeting there, and there were about 12 veterans there, all had dogs from our organization, raised the puppies at our organization. When this Marine next to me heard that, and I knew he was a Marine because he had the globe tattoo with the USMC flag, he started crying. He leaned into my shoulder and put his head down, and barely audible, he said, Thank you for this dog, sir. I was a trigger pull away from taking my life. Now I have this dog, I forgot his name, he told me his name, to take care of me, and I can promise you that I will take the best care of this dog. I mean, that was just, I, I had to put my head up because I was, you know, always wondered if we were making a difference. I had another veteran come up to me and he said, since I've got my dog, I'm off four antidepressant and anxiety drugs. I've lost 52 pounds and I am now leaving the house to advocate for service dogs for veterans around the East Coast. Uh, prior to that, he told me just to leave the house get himself numb he had to drink three beers mm. so these dogs are a natural medicine that are working for these men but we can't get them fast enough and the challenge is that you can't ask these people to pay for these dogs these are guys that went to overseas for us and serve and as Catholics, we need to live a life that's worthy worthy of their service uh so project and heal is doing everything we can um our organization was, is founded on 1 Peter 4.10, which says, that to paraphrase, that we've all been given gifts from the Father and that we should use them to serve others. And I found my gift, and, and I try to give my time, talent, and treasure. The other reason we opened Project to Heal was because Catholic social doctrine says that private property should be used for public good. Now, most people tithe, as I do, but... I wanted to allow my property to be used for children with special needs to come in and play with our puppies with their parents. Veterans to come in if they were waiting for a dog to play with our puppies. So that's really the Project to Heal story. And it never would have happened if it wasn't for me finding my Catholic faith and the, the treasure trove of goodness in, in that faith. Charlie, we got uh, we just got a minute before we uh, close up, to, and I just want to give uh, you the opportunity to share with our listeners yeah. ways that they might be able to get involved yep. or support Project to Heal. www.project, P-R-O-J-E-C-T, the number two, H-E-A-L.org, projecttoheal.org. You can read my book, which talks about my conversion, Seven Lessons for Healing the Hurt on Amazon, or... There is an award-winning film about my life, uh, which uh, I convert an inmate who is a murderer to the Catholic faith. That's called Charlie Stars and can be found on Gumroad, G-U-M-R-O-A-D. Type in the word Gumroad, comma, Charlie Stars. You can rent it for 99 cents. Hey, Charlie Pedrizzo here with Project to Heal. Thanks for sharing your story, and really thanks for discovering your, uh, your Catholic faith. I mean, God's grace in your life is so eminent and so witness, uh, a witness to, to great uh, love and, and, and generosity. Thanks for joining us uh, here on Real Presence Radio Live today. Charlie Pedrizzo. Thank you for having me. We're going to hear our, uh, a preview of the next show by our technical director.
Coming up on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Steve Swanskowski and Tom O'Keefe are your hosts, coming to you live from the Fargo studio. They'll be speaking with Mary Beth Bracey about the life, works, and legacy of St. Therese of Lisieux, and they will discuss upcoming youth events with Brady Borslin, the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry in the Fargo Diocese. All this and more is coming on the next Real Presence Live, Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you. We've had an amazing morning, amazing morning, some amazing uh, guests and some amazing books to check out. All we right, so got I got one. a question. We okay, got one. so I got, I got a question. Let's hear it. All right, so we had uh, Deacon Matthew uh, Newsom with <laughs> The Devout Life. We had uh, Teresa Tamio with uh, Everything's Coming Up Rosie. Uh, we had Gil Bailey with the Apocalypse of the Sovereign Self. And now we just had Charlie Pedrizzo who let us know at the end that he's got a book out there, which sounds amazing. You got one book to buy this week. Only one book. Which one are you going to go get, sister? Ooh, that's too tough. No, it's not too tough. You can do it. You can do it. Mm, depends what kind of mood I'm in. All right. Know? What mood are you in right now? If I'm mood for something light, yeah. kind of funny, but with some deaths, I'm going to go with Teresa's book. Yeah. About her mom. Okay. I'm in the mood for something deep philosophical that's going to answer some of the key problems of our time. I'm going to go with the apoc apocalypse of the modern Gil Bailey? Yep. All right. If I'm in the good mood for a good story of someone's life, which I love. That's my favorite. Saint stories. I'm going with Charlie. Charlie. And if I'm going to talk about growing in holiness in the daily life... I'm going with Deacon Matthew. All right, so. I'm going with Deacon Matthew. Yeah. I mean, not nothing to our other authors and speakers <laughs> today, but I just as a pastor, I need people to get into prayer. I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna get the book. See if I can uh, do a little uh, summer uh, Bible study or a prayer study, Sounds great. a little book study with some people who are interested. And uh, uh, Jacques, you got your choices. Four books <laughs> on the on the. On I'm the checking. I'm checking out Gill's book, and I'm checking out the website and see if I can expand my brain a little bit. I want to see the I movie too, right? Yeah. Charlie's movie. Oh, yeah. Charlie's Charlie's no, Charlie's. 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 Oh, Charlie's. All right, you're going to do it. I'm checking out Gil's philosophical book on the sovereign self. Thank you. It's been an amazing morning. Thank you guys for joining us on Real Presence Radio Live and uh, some amazing guests, some amazing books, uh, some amazing, beautiful stories of, of people encountering Jesus Christ. Uh, thank you, listeners, for joining us on Real Presence Radio Live. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live. Local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.